Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie, and welcome to the Confidence Creators Podcast. We are real women with real stories that will uplift and inspire you. Each week, you will learn to build and gain trust in yourself. Together, we will explore what confidence means to you, where to find it, and have fun doing it. It's time to take back your confidence. Episode 17, Mental Health and Confidence. How do you identify your cognitive, behavioral, and emotional well-being? Today, we are going to discuss mental health. This is something Christina and I have openly shared about. Not only have we both experienced mental concerns, but we have both helped family and friends cope with similar concerns. Mental health is not a joke. It's not meant to take lightly. We are about to share very vulnerable stories, so please listen with an open heart. Yeah, so May is Mental Health Month. I think it's a it's the time where um, people are open more about it, talking more about it, making you more aware of it. And, you know, we'd also thought it was like the perfect time to kind of share that story, these stories with y'all, because it's something we've kind of touched on here and there throughout our other episodes, but we've never really like dove into it. So I think it's no better time than now because it is mental health. Yes. And I think this is just a topic that we have discussed a little pieces, like Christina said in our previous episodes, and we wanted to go a little further in depth with it just because one, it's something that not only affects your confidence, but it is something that needs to be identified in order for you to take back your confidence. Yes, very well said. Well, we'll with some points about how um, the lack of confidence doesn't necessarily mean that you have a mental health condition, whether that you the right confidence so that you hopefully can avoid going into, you know, having a mental health condition because sometimes they do can't, they can play a role with each other. We are going to start the episode with how um, we are grateful or what we are grateful for. So Christina, you want to go first? Sure. (laughs) Well, yesterday was Mother's Day. Um, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there listening. I'm grateful for all my mom friends, all my moms here. Because I went through a pretty crazy weekend with my daughter. You've heard me talk about her. She's, you know, an adult college student, but she had a pretty little health scare. And we would have to spend the weekend in the hospital. And I don't think I would have been able to have gotten through it or even, you know, even these other days since we've been out of the hospital already without their support and their constant, you know, checking in on me. And just, you know, even if they just said, you know what, we're praying for you or we're sending you positive thoughts or I'm here for you. I'm super grateful for those messages and, you know, these moms and these friends in my life because I could not have been able to be as strong for my daughter as I was without all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's awesome. And I am grateful for my siblings. Um, Yesterday, I got to spend some time with my two older sisters, and I do have a younger brother who is not in Texas, so um, he did text me later that night. Um, He's in the military, so I was just 
not expected. So it was very nice, but I am grateful for my siblings. I think it was nice to just spend time with them because we don't get to do that very often and um, just kind of check back in with each other. We're all very busy. So it gets kind of difficult for us to spend that quality time with each other. But when we are together, we definitely take full advantage of it. It's always nice to spend time with family and it, it is hard to spend time with family too you get so busy, right? <laughs> yes, we do. So we're going to go ahead and start the episode because we're going to touch on a lot of points um, that me and Christina have both kind of researched and things that have helped us, that have helped other individuals who have dealt with some type of mental health concern. Um, and I don't, I don't like using the word problem per se, or issue when it comes to that, just because it it's a concern factor because it's just something that affects your cognitive, behavioral, and emotional well-being. But it doesn't mean that it can't be worked on or it can't be, um, you can't cope with it or you can't move forward in life, even though you do have maybe some type of diagnosis of a mental health concern. So... The first um, point that we're going to talk about is how your sleep affects your mental health. And I think this has been something that I've been able to identify within myself. I think um, when I first started to deal with any type of mental health concern was when after I had Lorenzo and of course I'm a new mom, I'm having a lack of sleep and I dealt with postpartum depression and anxiety. So this was something that looking back now, I can definitely tell how that affected my mental health and my well-being because I wasn't getting enough sleep. Like even if you're not a new mom or it's just something that you struggle with, that can take a toll on your mental well-being um, as well. It's just something that every time that I've worked with a patient or um, in my field or when I did work at a psychiatric hospital, that was one of the main questions that was asked in our assessment was, how is your sleep? Because that really does affect your brain and the healing process and the fact that your brain needs to rest because if it's constantly going, it's not going to be able to shut down and kind of take that breather to get back and rejuvenate what it needs to after you've been running it all day long. So yeah, sleep does play a major role in our mental health. I think a lot of people take um, that for granted sometimes. And it's, I mean, sometimes you just can't help it. Like with your case, Stephanie, you know, you have babies who tend to, and they're just learning how to to have their sleep patterns. But I think that sometimes in our lives, like you mentioned, even in our opening, we get so busy and we lack sleep. You know, we don't give ourselves enough time to rest. And when you don't, you do become sometimes more susceptible to these triggers of, you know, that will cause anxiety or will cause, you know, some kind of depression or another mental health concern. So, it's very important and we cannot stress it enough, you know, to let sleep be, you know, a priority just as much as, you know, anything else in your life. It, it is just as important, if not more so. So one of the next points we want to talk about is um, how exercise and nutrition 
also play a role. We talked about this even in confidence, right? I think that you're going to see some similar points that we talk about here, but because it does, like I said, play into each other. You know, being confident plays into, you know, your self-esteem and, and your mental health. So these are other factors that can affect it as well. So proper nutrition and good amount of exercise and activity helps you stay healthy, not just physically and not just with your appearances, because I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I want to exercise so that I can, you know, lose weight and look good in this dress or, you know, but exercise goes a long way. Activity, it just, it releases all the good endorphins in your body, in your system, and then your brain makes, you know, the right connections it's supposed to be making. And it just helps to just more positive thinking and positive thoughts. And you also relieve a lot of stress because sometimes, you know, you may not be suffering from anxiety, but you have like this, like major stress in your life. And a lot of times exercise and even just a nice healthy meal can help you like release that stress on yourself um foods we've talked about that before there's so many good foods out there that can you know release the right hormones in your body like all the green vegetables and um different types of meats and stuff that help you just feel better yes i i can't agree more with the exercise and nutrition part i think that for me, that was the key factor to kind of taking more control over my postpartum depression and anxiety that I dealt with. And, you know, before the doctor, you know, put me on medication, I asked her, I said, you know, can I try this? Can I try exercising? Because even before I was pregnant, I was running a lot. And that would just help with my daily stressors in life. That would just help me kind of deal with that. So I knew that exercise was a possibly a way to help me deal with my emotional well-being. And I, before I went to medication, I asked my doctor and she said, okay, that was fine to let's try it out. And it, it did, it helped tremendously. It helped me not only feel mentally better, but it helped me feel physically better, which in turn helped with my confidence in the things that I was doing. Because as a new mom, you're dealing with a lot of lack of confidence because you've never been there before. And one of my coworkers uses this term a lot, you know, it's, you don't know what you don't know, but then again, not knowing for some people can be a huge factor for causing stress and anxiety. And, and for me, that was just very much of my type of personality. So when I was able to exercise, that really helped me to, cope with the things that I was feeling and how I was dealing with my situation. Yeah, that, that's um, true. You don't know what you don't know. So for me, um, exercise has always been a stress reliever, but I remember when I started dealing with depression, exercise kind of like took the back road for me. Like I wasn't really getting into it anymore. And I was, I wasn't getting what I needed to get out of the exercise anymore. And that's, so that's something like, even though it's a, it's a huge like benefit to exercise, you know, mentally, mentally, physically, you know, everything that we've said, sometimes um, 
your feelings are just a little bit too much more than that. And that's when you know that you should maybe look into getting some help because your depression is probably like setting in or you're not aware of it. Because I think that a lot of us who are active, who use these as stress relievers, and then we start to go through something and we're like, okay, this isn't working anymore. And we need to maybe talk to somebody at this point or see a doctor, because I think that's the point to the point where I got to where exercises, exercising just wasn't cutting it for me. I actually ended up like losing my desire to go out there and run as much as, you know, if anybody who knows us or if you're a runner, like we are, you know how much, like I know at certain times of the day, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get home and go for my run. You know, it got to the point for me that that wasn't working. That wasn't enough. And that doesn't mean that don't go out there and try it to, to help you, you know, get cope with what you're dealing with. But if it's, if it's at the point where you feel like, you know what, this isn't enough for me, or this isn't working for me, then it's okay to go talk to somebody and it's okay to get help because sometimes you just need a little bit more help and that's okay. And I had to come to the realization that I needed a little bit more help and, and that it was okay to go to a doctor and it was okay to get, you know, some medicine for a little while. So like, don't be ashamed of that because it's very important that you're getting the help that you really need. Yes. A hundred percent. I can't agree with you more on that because you're right. Sometimes some of the activities that you were doing before that were helping you at in some point with your stress may not work in the position that you are in now and that's okay. And it's always okay to ask for help and it's always okay if medication is needed. And if it's going to be a beneficial point for you to take, that's okay as well. Like I said, I've worked in a psychiatric hospital and medication was the route that a lot of our patients needed to take. I mean, they had some severe mental concerns and it was, a, it was affecting their daily living to the point where they were unable to get out of bed. They were unable to function um, in normal activities. It just was a, a way that we were able to identify that this individual really did need more than just, you know, exercise or more than nutrition. But on top of those things, also medication and also therapy to help them cope with what they were dealing with. Because sometimes I think a lot of people don't understand what they're dealing with. So it's harder to identify. And, you know, it's so much easier to know what to do once you can put a name to something. At least that's what I think. Yes, totally true. Because the things that were motivating you before may not motivate you anymore. So it's important to identify that for what it is. And, and again, like, I just want to encourage you if you're listening to this, like, don't, be ashamed, don't be afraid, and, you know, talk to somebody. So the next point that we're going to discuss is removing stressors. And we cannot express this enough when it comes to building your confidence. And now going into this mental health piece, those stressors are only going to make it that much harder for your recovery. And this is also with, you know, confidence as well. And we've talked about how, you know, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're surrounded by individuals who are bringing you down. And that's the same thing with your mental health. You don't want to 
put yourself in a situation or around the wrong people who aren't encouraging you to be better, to get better and to feel better. It's very important to be aware of your surroundings and your environment that you're putting yourself through when you're, when you're having a mental health um, concern, because if you're not, it's very easily can lead to, you know, major depressions or even like addiction. So, because sometimes maybe you're, you're coping a certain way. That's not a healthy way to cope. I can speak to this because I have also like coped in unhealthy ways. You know, sometimes it's with alcohol and I recognize that. So it's important that I would remove myself from certain situations that were just causing more stress in my life. And, you know, it doesn't mean that these people that I was hanging out with weren't good people or anything, but it wasn't what I needed at that time. So again, it's important to recognize that because if you're having like stuff that's just causing your life more stress, even if it's like, even if it's not to the extreme, like I'm saying like, Oh, you know, you're drinking too much or what have you, but maybe you're just like, you know, your job is just like super stressful and you have to take a step back and reevaluate, you know, how to cope with that so that it's not like bringing you down mentally and, and bombarding your thoughts like every day, every you know hour outside of work or what have you. I know it's easier said than done, but when you can leave it at work, work at work, that's perfect. You're right. If you can leave work at work, that's great. Not everybody can do that. So it's important to, to find a way to cope with that as well. Yes. I think it's, it, tends to be overwhelming at times the feelings that you experience and in some cases it may feel like you will never get out of the place that you're in but I think me and Christina speaking openly about the things that we've experienced and the things that we've overcome we can attest that you know there is a way out and it's not always such a dark place not that we I know for me, at least I still experience some anxiety and some things that I deal with on a personal level. But I think being able to really focus on how I'm, how I'm going to cope with it has only helped me build skills to deal with some of those emotions that I tend to feel now, even now that Lorenzo is 19 months and my anxiety that I still get sometimes, you know, I'm able to learn how to deal with it, identify what I'm going through and really push through and be in a better place than what I was before. Very true, Stephanie. Um, I found that I really just had to give in, if that makes sense. Sometimes you try to avoid the truth or, or what you're really feeling and you're like, no, I, I'm okay. I'm trying to be strong. I'm not, you know, I'm not really depressed. You know, I'm not really, you know, dealing with anxiety. But it's important to know who healthy you is and then be able to recognize, you know, when it's, when you're not, like, healthy. I think that, you know, your body has a very, very clear and concise ways of communicating with you. Like the human body is just like made to be like so in sync and, and flow a certain way that, I mean, I'm no scientist, I'm not a doctor or anything, 
but it's, I mean, I'm not trying to be scientific, but I really believe that there are things that your body will start to, to relate to you. And it could be, you know what, that, that you, maybe you're trying to lose weight and you're, you can't lose weight. Your body's holding on to all of this, you know, stuff inside of you because it feels like, you know, it has to like help you or, you know, just not being able, or you're not being able to sleep or you're not being able to eat. All of those things you have to pay attention to so that you can recognize that something's not okay within you. And I think that when I finally decided to go see a doctor and say yes to medication, I had to be like, okay, I'm going to give into this so that I can get a handle on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think that really goes into our next topic, Christina, if you want to talk about the low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is not necessarily a mental health condition, but it's also important to um, practice some skills that help you with your confidence so that you're not susceptible in a way concerned. I'm also trying to practice, you know, using not so negative terms per se, because I think that when it's an issue or a problem, you can't kind of see past it sometimes. Yeah, low self-esteem doesn't always mean that you have a mental health condition, but like I said, it's important to get some tools, practice the right skills to build your confidence so that you can avoid like having negative thoughts and having negative behavior because all of that does um, sometimes, like I said, make you more susceptible to, to anxiety or depression because you're thinking, you know, too much about something and it almost manifests in you. Yes. And I think one of the best tips I can give for, you know, those skills to use to build that is, and I, this is something that I have to do and check in with myself is Right, physically writing a list of my accomplishments and my strengths. What is it about me that I have been able to accomplish when I've set a goal? Or what positive attributes do I have that make me different, that make me stronger? And that in itself has helped me just build more confidence because in the end, I'm able to look at that list and say, man, I've been able to accomplish a lot, even with the struggles that I've dealt with. And this shows me that I can accomplish more. I'm capable of it. Now it's just me actually putting action to it. Yes, definitely. Um, yes, Stephanie and I are only able to speak to what we've been through and what we've, what we've heard other people go through. And some of these people in our lives have been very close to us. And I know that sometimes they feel like it's never going to get better and it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. But I do want to encourage you and I do want to believe with you that it will get better. I know for me, it's still a struggle. I can tell you that for four weeks early on in my separation, I was not myself and I had to get the help that I got and I had to be honest about it and I had to let people know about it. And I know that that's not easy. I know because I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a depressed person. My depression was more circumstantial and thankfully I was able to 
identify that and deal with it. But I'm still practicing ways of staying positive and staying, you know, these, these different um, ways that these tools that I've not necessarily given myself, but I've, I've found for myself. So like, yes, these reminders and these tips, they are there for you to do for yourself, but please do always, always like try to reach out. And on a very, very serious note, we know Stephanie and I do not take mental health lightly nor do we think it's a joke by any means, nor do we want to fake it with you guys, nor do we want to pretend like we know everything or know exactly how to deal with it all. But I do want to encourage you, if you do feel like you can't, you know, go on or you can't talk to anybody, please, if nothing else, there is a crisis line there is a suicide line that you can always reach out to. And that phone number for you guys, I'm just going to have, I have, I feel like I'm not doing my, my due diligence if I don't put this out there for y'all. It's 1-800-273-TALK. And that's 1-800-273-8255, which we will include in our episode notes for you, for your reference. Cause I think it's very important that you know that there are resources out there. There are tools out there. And another thing, check on your strong friend. Like you may think that, you know, your friend has everything together, but you know that they're going through something. Don't be afraid to ask them how they're doing. You never know. So I think that, I mean, I, I can't agree with all of those things that you've listed. I, it's so important to really focus on making it a point to do those things for yourself. And I mean, I can I can only attest to what I've experienced myself because I don't know what other people have dealt with. I don't know the place that they've gone in their mind and how hard it can be to get out of it. For me, I you know, I was able to get out of those that place, but I know some people who have a much difficult time who just get lost in that dark space and it's hard. It's hard to get out from what they've told me. And so I know these tips that we give you, they're something that you practice with and it's something that you need to do for yourself. But more importantly, it's so important for you to identify what you are dealing with because that is the only way that you're going to be able to move forward. I know this is a a subject that is not always discussed and it's something that takes a lot of a lot of strength to uh, to say out loud if it is something you are dealing with and like Christina said we do not take this topic lightly at all um we hope that people who are listening to this episode really are in a place either if you are feeling some way that you do ask for help or you know somebody who is feeling a certain way that you reach out and try to help them. And it could be as little as just like Christina said, checking in on them. How are you doing? You know, have you been feeling okay? What can I do? Or just trying to get them out of the house, doing something 
to show that you are present and you are available. That's the most important thing. Not everybody's going to want to open their guts to you and talk about everything that they're experiencing, but to know that you're there, that you're not going to be judgmental about what they're going through and that you are going to be that listening ear for them, just even if they want to talk about a problem or an issue. And, and if somebody does open up to you about it, the one thing that I can advise is listen with an open heart. Do not, even though some people may share some shocking stuff, remember that it's their story. You don't want to be at a point where you scare them because of the information they're giving you. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe it. Like, no, be that listening ear, be that person for them that they have and can come to if they need it, if they need it. Not everybody will come out at first and share these concerns with you. And it may take months, it may take years, but to know that somebody is there, if you need that, that's all that matters. That's what's important. And remember that your feelings are your feelings and it's okay to have your feelings. And if somebody is talking to you about these issues or these concerns that they have, um, I feel like the important thing is to not necessarily try to fix that problem, but listen, like Stephanie said, with an open heart and tell them that they have a right to feel that way. Remind them that it's okay that they feel that way. And then let's figure out how to, how to change it. So we hope that this episode has been something that you can identify with or that something maybe can give you the tools to help somebody else out if it's not for you, if it's not you going through this, but, and I also hope that you never have to go through something like this, but if you do know that, that there is, there are resources and there are tools out there for you. And don't forget as always to stay positive and keep smiling. Don't forget the fun continues on Instagram and Facebook. Search Confidence Creators, and if you absolutely love this episode, leave us a review.